As we welcome you into a Tuesday edition of Flames Talk, this hour is the Sports Drive, brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Make patio setup easier for your staff with a key to like system. Just one key to lock all your padlocks and doors. Visit calgarylockandsafe.com. Coming up this hour, we are busy on this hour of Flames Talk. Just minutes away from a chat with world championship gold medalist and Flames forward Milan Lucic. We'll chat with Milan in just a few minutes, kind of get his feel winning gold in his first ever opportunity at an international tournament. And then later on this hour, coaching carousel spinning in the NHL. We'll get the latest from Frank Saravalli. All that coming up this hour on a loaded Flames Talk. We're available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon. We are underway this hour on Flames Talk. It's Pat Steinberg along with you on this Tuesday. And very happy to go down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar this hour. Uh, Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline this hour to check in with Flames Forward. Stanley Cup champion and now world championship gold medalist Milan Lucic joins us on the program. Fresh off a gold medal Sunday and a win over Germany and now back in the city and uh, gets an opportunity to celebrate back home with that gold medal. Milan, thanks for doing this, man. How you doing? I'm doing great. How you How you doing? I'm doing well. I I uh, I, I would imagine that there, there might still be some. Uh, you had a long flight, and uh, I would imagine there might have been a little bit of celebration. How's the uh, How's the recovery going? Yeah, it's been a it's been a whirlwind. Uh, you know, whirlwind the last couple of days, uh, especially because uh, you know they had us on a 6 a.m. flight out of Helsinki on uh, on Monday morning, Jeez. and obviously uh, transferring from Frankfurt. Uh, back here to Calgary, uh, you know, a lot's gone on in the last, uh, I don't even know how many hours, but you know what, it was, you know, it was definitely all worth it. Uh, it was, it was a great time, great experience. So glad that I was able to uh, be a part of it. And uh, like you said, become a world champion. Did you get any sleep on that flight home? Did you have a choice? <laughs> uh well, we we finally got some sleep on the on the flight from uh, Frankfurt okay. uh, to Calgary, but uh, we were uh, I was still kind of buzzing uh, <laughs> from uh, from Helsinki to to Frankfurt, so uh, not not much sleep in, in the past two days. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you that much. Well, it's probably it's, that's the way you want it, though. That's good. Um, I I'm just curious the the entire experience. You go from. Uh, Calgary to Budapest and then to Riga and then you finish off in Finland like just all of that getting an opportunity to play internationally and see some of those international fans just how do you uh, outside of the gold medal how do you sum up the entire world championship experience it was great you know what it's been a great month Uh, and you know getting to experience uh, a training camp in uh, Budapest was was pretty awesome um, uh, other than other than playing with obviously with the Foley Uyghur, you know I didn't know really anyone uh, other than those two 
uh, on the team and, uh, you know, just, just getting to meet you guys, you know, playing a new system that uh, the coaches wanted us to play and, and kind of kind of coming together as a team. Uh, it, it was actually a lot of fun. And, and then moving on to Riga, uh, you know, first game against the Latvians, which, uh, you know, great, great crowd, um, you know, exploring the cities and, and, like I said, every day getting closer as a team, getting better as a team. Uh, you know, it, it, it was a lot of, it was, it was so much fun. And then uh, on the 21st is when our friends and families were able to join us. Okay. Uh, you know, they watched, yeah, they watched our last two uh, round robin games and, and, and traveled with us to, to temporary and were a part of obviously the, the, the medal rounds and, and, you know, Obviously, obviously, anytime you wear you you wear the Canadian jersey, you're expected to win gold. I know there was a lot of doubters because uh, you know they were looking at our lineup and, and didn't see a lot of names that they recognized. But you know, like I said, we came together as a group. Uh, we got better every day, and honestly, you know, winning the gold medal is just just that whole journey. Uh, you know, it, it it was it was so worth it. And like I said. Uh, I couldn't couldn't be happier that I got to be a part of it. Well, and and I heard uh, I heard Mackenzie talking after your first round robin game against Latvia, and and he was asked just kind of about how you soaked it in, and he kind of was talking to you as as the lead up to the national anthems and getting ready for puck drop, and kind of just commented on how much you were soaking everything in and soaking in the atmosphere. How how much did you actively try to do that and and soak it all in as the experience was playing out? Yeah, I, you know what? That's that's exactly what I wanted to do: is soak it all in. Uh, have fun with the experience, have fun with the group of guys, you know, uh, bring everyone together, uh, you know, be a leader in my own way. And, and to be honest, I, at the end of the day, I, I just wanted to have fun. I wanted to have fun with, you know, uh, being, being in a tournament I'd never been a part of, being in cities I'd never been to before, playing with players I'd never uh, played with before. So I just, just wanted to have fun with the with the whole experience. And obviously when it came to, you know, game time, it was go time. Uh, but like I said, all in all, it was, it was just about in, enjoying and maximizing the experience and, like you said, soaking it all in. And, you know, it's something that I'll remember for the rest of my life. So, Milan, how how did this all come about? Because you'd been close to playing at the World Juniors before, but then you made the Bruins, and you'd been in the mix for Olympic teams before, but here's your first opportunity to go and play with Team Canada at a IIHF event. How how did it all come about that you ended up on Team Canada? Take us through the process from your perspective. Yeah, like you said, I, I you know, I, I was close to representing Canada in, in, in other tournaments, and I never had that opportunity and, and you know what, after the season ended, you know, my body was still feeling really good. And I, and I still obviously was, you know, nothing was more disappointing than, than missing the playoffs this year. But, you know, I, I, I felt like I, I still needed and wanted to play because of how I was feeling. And once, uh, once, once weeks and Toff told me that they got a call about going and they were thinking about going and were most likely going to go. Uh, I, uh, I actually approached uh, Hockey Canada myself and got my agents to, um, to call Doug Armstrong and tell him that, you know, I wanted to go. 
so I, I kind of invited myself uh, is what is what <laughs> I'm saying here. And uh, you know what? He, he said, you know, I'm just waiting to hear back from a few guys. And, um, you know, if there's a spot, uh, you know, we'd love to have you. And after uh, two, three days of, of, you know, waiting to hear back from me, bought for me and you know i had talked to my to my wife uh before i made a decision and and you know uh, we both agree this is an opportunity that you know i hadn't had before and, and and should experience and and like i said when you know to be able to have my family and kids and everyone involved with it as well it just it just made for for something that i that i really wanted to do and and like i said when you know, when you when you go there and you experience it the way that we just did and, and end up winning it all, you know, it makes it, you know, it, it makes me even more happier that I reached out the way that I did. Yeah, I imagine it'd be a, a really good way because, as you mentioned, it was a, it was a really frustrating year uh, at the NHL level, and, and we all know that this is a really difficult year for the group on and off the ice. To, to go and, and finish your playing time this season on a winning note, that, that must have been a real cool opportunity for you. Yeah, it's great because you know you 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 end up uh, you end up leaving on a high, you know, and and obviously you don't want to ignore the disappointments and frustrations, like you said, of what happened this NHL season. Um, you know, still still pretty uh, bummed about it when I when I think about it now. But you know, at the end of the day, like I said, when when you go and have a great hockey experience, like like uh, I just did with the group that I did, and, and end up on a high. It just, you know, it just sets up, uh, uh, it just sets up the summer for, you know, really looking forward to, to the start of next season. Yeah. We're chatting with Milan Lucic of the Flames, gold medalist, Team Canada at the World Championship, joining us here on Flames Talk. So you, you throw that Hockey Canada jersey and you, you put that crest on the chest for the first time and you'd been wanting to for the longest time and you'd been close. What, what did that actually mean? Like, what, was, it a, was it a pretty special moment when you put that thing on for the first time? Yeah, it was it was cool. It was it was really great because you know it's something that you know every hockey player wants to do is they they want to represent their country and in, in, in major international tournaments. So you know uh, it, you know you talk about how Weger said soaking it all in. I remember you know me and Weegs lining up uh, for the opening draw in Riga and all the Latvian fans cheering Latvia. And I looked at him, and I gave him a smirk and smile, and he couldn't help but start laughing and smirk and smile back at me. So, it, it, but that was, you know, that was just because of the feeling of, you know, finally wearing the the Team Canada jersey and and the feeling of of, of representing the country in a major tournament and and being in a foreign country, um, you know, against against the host team. So it was, yeah, it was, it, it was, it was, it was a really special feeling and. And you know nothing. Nothing makes it more special than than winning it all. Well, and you had you had your guy Toff there, and and we know how far back you and Tyler Toffoli go. He's your captain of the team. You talk about Mackenzie Weger. Even had Ken Kabelka and and Sean Kelso were there. Like to to have as many familiar faces with you there. How much more fun did that make it? Yeah, it just made it that much more that much more fun. You know. Uh, you know that's one thing about the Flames organization. It's it's a lot of good people and a lot of uh, good guys that you get to work with, and to be able to have you know those two come along with us as players just 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 added to it. And uh, you know 
they obviously enjoyed it as as much as we did as players. And 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 one of the coolest coolest things too is you know being me being one of the only guys uh, on the team coming back to Calgary here. Uh, you know, Sean Kelso he he had it that you know. I, I bring the the winning trophy back, so I still have the trophy here at my house. Oh, nice! Uh, so, yeah, so I've I've had it since uh, since we've won it, uh, which is pretty cool to add to it all. When do you have to uh, When you have to give it back? Uh, I don't know. I haven't I haven't <laughs> received a call from anyone yet, so I'm going to keep it until uh, I get a phone call. That's awesome. What uh, you, you mentioned, you know, that to have this feeling going into the summer and and the the motivation. Like, do you feel that the way that your playing time this season comes to an end and, and finishing on such a high note that that give you even more motivation off season training and and going into next year and and all of what lays ahead just can you uh put that into words a little bit more on on what this experience can do for your summer yeah i think it just puts you in the right mindset you know it puts you in a positive mindset you know winning my mindset to you know, to push for more and, and want more, uh, you know, and another reason why I wanted to have this experience is because, you know, to be perfectly honest, I, I, I hadn't won anything in 12 years <laughs> and, you know, it's, it, it's been a long time since I, since I'd won anything and I wanted to feel that feeling again. And, yeah. and the way it sets up the summer is, you know, you, you wake up every morning, look forward, looking forward to, you know, getting better every day, whether it's in the gym or, or on the ice or, um, you know, doing whatever you need to do to, you know, to help yourself prepare for for the upcoming season. And and when you end off on a high note, it just just puts you in a in a positive, uh, you know, optimistic, uh, you know, really good type of mindset. So that's the type of, you know, that's the type of feeling you get from 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 ending off. Uh, uh, the way that it, the way that I did. Yeah, just a few more with uh, Milan Lucic of the Flames and a World Championship gold medalist with Team Canada. Just beat Germany on Sunday. Now back in Calgary with the World Championship trophy. Um, I know you were at you were asked about this back in April when the season came to an end. I I know you're even asked about this uh, overseas when you were in Latvia and Finland. But you know now as as you go into the summer and and as you make uh, a decision on what comes next in in your NHL career, what what goes into the decision making process as to what you're looking for entering free agency? What's uh, what's kind of the mindset right now about a month away? To be honest, it's just you know it comes down to uh, the fit. You know what's what's the right fit for me, and uh, you know uh, you know how you fit with a with a team, how you fit with a coach. You know where how how they see you playing on a night to night basis, and and all that stuff. So uh, yeah, so that's 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 basically the mindset uh, you know that I'll have moving forward. Because you know, I I know I, I I can still bring a lot to the to a team. Uh, you know, I I still love the game. Uh, I still love playing the game. I love everything about the game, and I still want to contribute. You know, to a team. So for me, it's just about you know where I fit best, and and those are conversations I'm going to have leading up to uh, July first. 
would uh, would a return to Calgary is that would that potentially be in the cards? Is that something that that you would consider, or, or, or have you gotten that far? Uh, I, I haven't really even gotten that far. I've I've kind of just said, you know what, just just enjoy what's going on right now until until uh, until June starts. So I got a day and a half here more to <laughs> to enjoy yeah. to enjoy May. But you know what, I. Uh, obviously, uh, Connie getting the job is, is it's great for him. It's great for the team and the city and the organization. And, you know, he knows that I was at Worlds and focused on that. And we haven't really had a conversation yet. But, uh, you know, if there's a conversation to be had, you know, uh, we'll definitely have it. And then, you know, and then go from there. It's funny. And, and, you, you talk about you talk about being at Worlds and and the way you finish this season. And we were talking about this earlier this week or even last week. I don't remember exactly when it was. We were just talking about your four seasons in Calgary. And outside of this one, you really haven't had a normal season as a member of the Flames. And and even this year was wasn't necessarily the most normal at times. But you had one year where you know you had a COVID shutdown for two weeks and and you played a bunch of home games with half capacity. Obviously, you played the fifty six game season. Your first year here got cut short because of the pandemic. Like it it was a it was a rather with completely beyond your control. That was that was a rather strange four seasons that you spent the last four seasons in Calgary. Hey. Yeah, it really was. Now that you put it in that perspective, it was it was kind of crazy. Uh, it, was, it was a crazy four years when you when you look at it that way, and it's unfortunate because you know we had some really you know really good group, really good groups that I got to be a part of the last four years. Um, you know, I, I felt like when COVID did hit in 2020, our team was really starting to you know, and the way Wardo was having us play. You know, uh, we were really starting to trend in the right direction, and 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 you know, you, we we obviously don't know what would have happened if that kept going. And then you know, the bubble season, the fifty game season was was what it was. It was yeah. you know, it was. I think it was a miserable one for for everyone to to go through what we went through. And then, like you said, uh, you know, my my third year here uh, ends up being a really great year, uh, but still dealing with you know, half buildings and, and, you know, basically we got shut down for three weeks because our whole team got COVID yeah. and, and all that type of stuff. And then, and then this year, I mean, you know, we finished the season off with 93 points. I mean, 17 OT losses, which is crazy. Uh, all those one goal games and all those posts that we hit. I mean, we've seen all the stats. It's like what could have gone wrong did go wrong for us. And, and so, you know, that just adds to it all. And, and, you know, you look at it now, I mean, we, we finished with more point, to- a higher point total than the Florida Panthers and, yep. and they're still playing and we didn't even get a chance to, to, to compete. So um, when you look at it all that way, it, it really was a, a roller coaster of a four years, uh, you know, being a part of the flames, but, you know, I, I, I enjoyed every second of it. I, I really have enjoyed the city of Calgary, the people of Calgary, the fans of the Flames. And, um, you know, it, it, with saying all that craziness, it, it's still uh, it was still enjoyable, that's for sure. Will you uh, will you watch the cup final? I will, yeah. I, I always do. You know, it's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a fan of the game. Uh, I, you know, I love, you know, watching to see how players play on the biggest stage. I've been fortunate to be there twice, 
And uh, you know, when 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 you for me when I when I watch those Cup finals, it kind of takes me back to the to the feeling of, of playing in them. So. So yeah, I'll definitely tune in for for the Cup Finals. Last thought: I know you've got the the hockey stuff and all that to figure out, but what is other than that? What does the rest of the summer look like for you? What uh, any anything that you've got planned or that uh, you've got on the docket for the rest of the summer? Uh, nothing right now. You know, uh, we had some plans, but after uh, but after these World Championships and and basically being away for the whole month of May. Uh, we might have to reschedule some things that we did have planned because, you know, it really was, it, it, you know, as fun as it was and as enjoyable it was as it was, uh, it really was, it, you know, it basically was the whole month of May. And, you know, right now I'm, well, we're all pretty tired, me and yeah. my whole family, and my kids are still in school. So I'm, I'm hanging out in Calgary here uh, until the end of the school year and then uh, probably head back to Vancouver for a little bit and then go from there. Well, Milan, congratulations on the gold medal. That was really awesome to see. Some of the the photos you posted on socials were really cool as well. That was uh, that was neat. Enjoy uh, enjoy your time with the trophy. Enjoy the summer, and thanks so much for doing this today. Really appreciate the chat. All right, thanks for having me. No problem. That is Milan Lucic of the Calgary Flames and a gold medalist with Team Canada at the World Championship in Riga and then Finland as Wedley Texan. Uh, Lucic should pull a Mr. Burns and say, what trophy? Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. I, we, it was on the plane and then it was gone. I don't know. Kelso had it and then, and then the trophy disappeared. So I, I don't know where it is. What's that, what's that on your mantle over there? Don't worry about it. Uh, that's a pretty cool story, actually, that the uh, trophy is with Milan right now at his home here in Calgary. Because, yeah, uh, I was texting with Sean of the Flames, who was also with Hockey Canada at the World Championship. And uh, when I texted him yesterday, it was just after 1 p.m. on Monday. And he's like, yeah, we just landed in Calgary. I was like, wait a second. you they And then to hear that, they were on a 6 a.m. Monday out of Helsinki to Frankfurt and then back to Calgary. So you just win a world championship gold medal and you got to be up at like four. I doubt there is any sleep I, and nor should there have been Uh really cool to chat with Milan Lucic gold medalist flames forward as we're underway on flames talk this hour. Milan joined us on the Atlas pizza and sports bar guest hotline using the same secret recipe since 1975 dine in at 6060 Memorial drive Northeast takeout or delivery at 403-248-3344. Hey, it's Haley Salvian from The Athletic. For a look at the latest on your Calgary Flames and NHL news, go click and subscribe to the Hockey Central 960 podcast. While you're there, please rate and review the show. You're locked on Flames Talk, only on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. All right, this hour continues, and it's time to welcome in Frank Saravalli, our NHL insider, brought to you by... South Trail Chrysler with inventory shortages across the city. It's the perfect time to sell your vehicle for cash. Visit SouthTrailChrysler.com. My name is Pat Steinberg, and we say hello to Frank from Daily Faceoff and DailyFaceoff.com. And a lot to get to, sir, and, and a lot to dive into around the league, some flame stuff. But let's start with kind of the news of the day on this Tuesday. John Hines out as head coach in Nashville. Andrew Burnett set to be officially introduced or announced on Wednesday. And earlier earlier in the day, you called it a clunky process on Twitter. So I'm, I'm just curious as to how this all came to be. How did this process of Hines out and Burnett in in Nashville come to be? 
Yeah, I think the clunky part of it was the idea or notion that the news of this leaked Andrew Burnett being hired before John Hines was told that he was fired. That's a little disappointing to hear, knowing that it's coming from Barry Trotz, you know, the man now at the controls in Nashville, just because he recently was an NHL coach and has been one for a long time. And I thought would appreciate the sort of job security portion of it, or at least how it's handled publicly. Now, I do think they were really straightforward with John Hines over the last number of weeks, saying that they were going to begin a process and that, I don't know, I think they kind of took that in the Hines camp as, um, hey, we're going to review your job and, and sort of think about it, but I don't know that he was necessarily expecting some interviews to take place. I believe Andrew Burnett had a two-day interview in Nashville on uh, Friday and Saturday leading to this point. Obviously, he has history with Barry Trotz, played for him in Portland and Nashville, scored the first ever goal in Preds history. All those things, like it 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 does that that adds up to something. Mm-hmm. But the idea that John Hines found out that it was Andrew Burnett before he was told of his own status, that I think is disappointing. And yeah. it's disappointing because Barry Trotz is all class. Like he's an unbelievable guy to think that this is how it played out. Like part of that's just the world we live in now. Um, stuff travels fast. And part of it is like knowing that now, like you probably shouldn't let that happen again. Yeah. What uh, what do you make of Andrew Burnett as a head coach? We know the success he had last year taking over for Joel Quenville, but then he doesn't come back to Florida and he is on a bench last year in an assistance role. Like, do we do we know yet what Andrew Burnett is as a head coach? I think we do. Like, first off, he was really highly sought after. I think he was on the Flames list. Um, I think he interviewed in Anaheim. I think he interviewed in Columbus. Washington like I think he was everyone knew he was getting a job it was a matter of when and where not if and I think a lot of people viewed it as Andrew Burnett was someone last year that got screwed that he he took over in a really unenviable position in Florida Joel Quenville he was 7-0 and last season when he was essentially removed as head coach of the Florida Panthers and suspended by the NHL to take an undefeated team and then go on and win the president's trophy 122 points and then get all the way through the sort of process in the playoffs teams go out and hire other people for your team to turn around and say nah we're good we're going in another direction um that was tough and then he goes to new jersey and they exceed expectations so andrew brunette uh, a longtime nhl player more than a thousand games uh someone that is a really good communicator, uh, gets along well with his players. Everyone really seems to like playing for him. Um, And someone that I think was bound to get another opportunity, the question was when. What do we know now about John Hines? Does he enter into any of the conversations for some of the vacant jobs that remain open? I would wonder about the New York Rangers in particular. He's got the Boston University connection with Chris Drury, which means a lot to Chris Drury. Um, He 
is someone obviously entering the game late now? Like I could see being in the mix for a whole host of different opportunities. Um, the thing that's been sort of circling or floating out there has been this idea that Peter Laviolette's going to the Rangers. But I, I guess the one thing that I struggle with is if he, if Peter Laviolette is going to the Rangers, like they've had multiple weeks to hire him. What's been the holdup? Like you've had your pick of the litter now. He's been available since April 17th. Mm-hmm. What, what, what more did you need to find out or know for a guy that is one of the, you know, winningest American born coaches in history has taken three different teams to the cup final and has won. Like, did you really need to learn more? I guess that's where I'm at. So my only thought process is maybe the Rangers were waiting to see what happened with Hines to then before making a final call. And I, and honestly, we can go through it. The dominoes, I think, are all over the place in terms of people waiting to get better clarity. Yeah. Well, and and then Spencer Carberry goes to Washington. He leaves the Maple Leafs bench, and he gets his first head coaching job replacing Laviolette with the Capitals. And this is a guy who's been in the mix for – I don't want to say he's been in the mix necessarily, but he's been kind of one of those next head coaches for quite some time, right? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think that's sort of without question. Um, I, a couple different people that I'm I know and trust have played for him, and they just said there's like this it factor. Um, super dialed in, attention to detail, has presence. Um, one of my friends, he appears on my show pretty regularly, Colby Cohen. He's an analyst for the Blackhawks. He played for Spencer Carberry in the ECHL, and he was like. You know, Colby's a guy that was a black ace for the Bruins 2011 Stanley Cup championship team, spent a lot of time around different coaches, played for Bruce Cassidy for a long time in Providence. And he was like, even in the ECHL, as Colby was trying to like hang on to his career, he's like, I, I knew then two rungs below the NHL that this guy was going to get an opportunity. Like some people just have it. Uh, and Spencer Carberry seems to be one of them. Okay. We're, uh, we're chatting with, Frank Saravalli, he's our daily face-off NHL insider. He joins us Tuesdays here on Flames Talk. So then, where does that leave the Flames? What do we think? What do we know? Where are the Flames in their head coaching search? And and who are some of the names that are are for you very much in the mix right now? Um. Well, the Flames started much the coaching process much the same way they did the GM process, and I think that included talking to their internal candidates, talking to Mitch Love, Kirk Muller, Ryan Huska, and then going from there. I do think they've now reached the next part of that process of speaking to some of the external candidates. If they haven't already, I think they plan to speak to someone like Gerard Gallant. I think they wanted to talk to Andrew Brunette or may have at some point in the last week. Um, Craig Conroy knows that this is such a priority to get this part of it nailed down. And and not only that, just from a timing perspective, but from a we got to get this right standpoint. If you look back on Brad Tree Living's tenure, like I think that and and it it extends further beyond Brad Tree Living too, if you're a Flames aficionado. There's been a lot of coaches through Calgary. And I don't know why that is, what's happened. Um, why there's sometimes been an itchy trigger finger, why they can't sometimes get the higher right. 
uh, or when they do get it right in the case of Daryl Sutter and they, they have one of their best seasons, it turns to shite uh, shortly thereafter. There's a lot of things to unpack there. Craig Conroy has lived through almost all, you know, not all of them, but many of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think he understands the importance. And I just, like, I keep coming back to Mitch Love. Um, I know he's one of the first people mentioned, much in the same way that Brad Tree Living was one of the first people mentioned in Toronto, and much in the same way that Craig Conroy was one of the first people mentioned as GM. Sometimes when you have it, you know, and when you heard Craig Conroy talk about this position, whether it's with you or in his press conference or on my podcast or wherever yep. it may be, every single thing that he seems to outline for his vision, you're like, yep, that makes sense for Mitch Love. Mm-hmm, that too, like that, all those dots seem to connect. And to have that person in your organization that's a two-time AHL coach of the year, I think what you should be concerned about, and I think sometimes people get too wrapped up in this, what so if you bypass him, you're probably losing him. Yeah, I'm not saying that's the reason to do it, but do you really want you know another thing that he's talked about is asset management. Do you really want to have him walk and go somewhere else and become the next whoever? I think you'd at least want to find out. Yeah, and I understand the need to get it right, and there may be some risk here, but you should know him well enough by now and in, in your own organization to know that there there probably won't be that much. Uh, speaking of asset management, there's been a lot of talk in this market, Frank, about just the, the the future of Elias Lindholm and and whether or not the team can sign him long term. I know last week we talked about it and we kind of ballparked the number, kind of closer to nine on an eight. What'd you think of that? What you were thinking, what's that? What did you think of that after we like talked it through? It seems pretty. If I were to look at Bo Horvat on an eight year deal at eight and a half. And then say to myself, well, Lindholm's been a finalist for a Selkie. He scored 40 in this league. He's probably a perennial 70 to 80 point guy. Yeah, with with all that he brings, eight and a half to nine is kind of the going rate, especially especially if you're entering unrestricted free agency a, a year from now. So it it was not uh, it was not it a ballpark for eight years, crazy. right? What's that? It can't be for eight years, right? I unless. Unless you're trying to get the number down, like unless you're a team, uh, or I guess if it's unrestricted, you're going seven. But I guess if you're the Flames and you're trying to to get that number down, I guess you could go eight. But my, if you're going that high, it's probably not eight, I wouldn't think. So that would take him, what, to age 30, what, seven? Yeah, he's 28 so now. Eight. Yeah. So and there's one more year left, so that's 29 plus eight is 37. Yep. I don't know, man. That's a long time. I'm with you. I think that's where the AAV is, but like I wouldn't like I wouldn't be afraid to pay a little more just to make sure that you don't have as much pain at the end. So if you went if if it was eight times eight like let's say like nine times six or something. Yeah. Or nine times even seven. I think that you could probably get your head around just to get that one year off and they've got Kadri well into his late thirties and Huberto well into his late thirties. I I fully understand. Years another eight year, like it's yep. just it's too much. Yep. I I that's me personally, and and look, I I I think I'm a little bit more hard line in my thought process than a lot of people are, and I know that managers would scoff at that and say like, "Hey, what do you know? It's so easy to say and hard to do." And it's like, right? Then just say goodbye. Like it's not. It, you you get an absolute boatload for Lindholm this summer. 
That's not the worst thing in the world. Yeah. And I'm not advocating that they do that. I think for the Flames' mission and mandate to be good next season, they have to try and keep him. But I'm not like I'm not getting lost in myself trying to do that. What's your gut say? Trade or extension this summer? I think you have to find out who the coach is first. That's not a cop-out answer. Like I think that's the first question Elias Lindholm's going to ask. Who's coaching this team? Until you know who that is, what their style's like, what how your personality might mesh, how yeah. your playing style might mesh, like I wouldn't be signing. I wouldn't even engage in conversation until yeah. I knew. What did you uh speaking of Conroy, what did you make of his answer to you was uh was listening to him on on your frankly speaking podcast and and his comment about the goaltender and and what they might be looking to do this summer. What did you what was your read on Craig's approach or the way that he's going to tackle having potentially a three-headed monster in net? It made sense to me like um he he basically said Dustin Wolf has earned the opportunity to play in the NHL. And like I don't think anyone would bat an eye looking at his numbers and looking at his impact in the AHL that that's the case. So the difficulty, or I, th- I think it's a good problem to have, is that he has two NHL goalies already in Vladar and, and Markstrom, and we know that Markstrom isn't going anywhere. Mm-hmm. So essentially, like, you you got to try and move Vladar. And if that's the case, and I think that's an easy thing to do, and I think you can get a decent return for him to if you're a believer in Wolf which I think the Flames are, at least if I'm reading between the lines. You've got a nice little piece of capital in Vladar, and I think, to be abundantly honest, like I, that's what the Flames, they knew that, that there was a possibility when they signed Vladar to that extension. The thought process was, hey, it's great to have some security in our crease, but more than like, more likely than not, this is a guy that we're going to end up trading. Mm-hmm. And so the only downside of it is that you do it after he had a year where his numbers really weren't that good and you know you heard him kind of continually get flogged by uh by daryl sutter as like someone that he couldn't trust that 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 part is tough yeah um last one kind of related to the flames where's brad tree living in this whole toronto maple leaf situation his name continually linked there as you mentioned a little earlier one of the first names we heard when they decided to move on from Kyle Dubas is is Brad Tree living very much in the mix to be the new GM of the Maple Leafs yeah I think he's the favorite the front runner whatever you want to call it um I don't think it's done by any stretch of the imagination um I think the Leafs are in intelligence gathering mode just in the same way that Don Maloney was running the flame search was like you want to find out not just what all these people and their ideas are, but you also want to find out what people think of you and your organization and your team around the league. You want to get a sense of how would they handle trading or managing the core four? What would you think in terms of extensions and ballpark pricing? And how would you process it in what order? All things that you can then take back to whoever you're hiring and say, hey, Here's some of the ideas that we gathered, some of the best practices. Here's how some of these other people might have handled it. Um, that I think helps you then become a more, I don't want to say complete, but at least your thought process is more well-rounded 
um, having gathered that intel that you otherwise wouldn't have had basically under the guise of, hey, this is an open search. Mm -hmm. And maybe someone along the way, you know, knocks your socks off and you feel like you have a can't miss person that isn't Brad Tree Living. Mm -hmm. Think he wants the job? Like, is this, is this a, yeah, this is, yeah, I think this is the marquee sort of, it's the Toronto Maple Leafs. Like how many of all the jobs in sport, it's got to be up there in terms of the yep. top 15, 25, whatever um, of total jobs in pro sport that people would be clamoring to have. So yep. would he be interested? A hundred percent. Frank Saravalli's with us. Daily Faceoff joins us Tuesdays. He's our NHL insider on Flames Talk. Uh, just a couple more thoughts on the the cup final set. We'll have a new Stanley Cup winner, a first time Stanley Cup winner, uh, start Saturday in Vegas. Uh, what do you what do you like the matchup? What do you like about the Golden Knights and Panthers? I mean, a lot of people don't like the matchup, and I think it's just because they don't watch these two teams that often. I mean, the Panthers have just about every storyline you could possibly imagine, losing their way into the playoffs as the eight hmm. seed. Um, their $10 million goalie didn't start the first three games of the playoffs. He's gone on a tear and has looked like the old Vezina self who after now a 10 day layoff might turn into a pumpkin in Vegas. Uh, I mean, Paul Maurice always has some nugget or pearl of wisdom. Matthew Kachuk is eminently marketable sitting on the TNT on NBA and NBA on TNT set with yep. an elbow room shirt on as the world famous watering hole on Fort Lauderdale strip. I mean, there's not really a lot to dislike about the Panthers and the golden Knights. They've become the team in the NHL that everyone kind of seems to hate the death star, the, um, the team that's gone against, every sort of norm in the sport, whether it's loyalty to players, cap trouble, uh, major massive trades that they've pulled off. People are envious of their success. This is their second Stanley Cup final in six years. Their owner demanded a Stanley Cup within six years, which is amazing to think that they might get there. Um, I, there there's a lot to unpack, and they all they've done is win. They've jettisoned a bunch of guys from their original team. They're on their third coach in six years. Yep. They're they're easy to dislike, but they they've gone to four conference finals in six years. Like they win. They've got some killers on their team. So I I'm uh I've had a hard time picking this series because I think it's really close. But uh I'm leaning Vegas Golden Knights in six. Okay. Who's your uh Who's your Con Smythe front runner uh, for each team? I think it's Jack Eichel um, for me on the Golden Knights side, and it's really close between Bobrovsky and Kachuk. But three game winners in round three. Yep. And I know how absolutely unconscious Bobrovsky was—a nine sixty-seven save percentage, I think it was in round three. I just. I'm gonna I'm gonna lean towards Kachuk because I, when you have someone that's on a roll like that to to add in a ten day layoff like, it's a hard thing to pick back up again. Yep. 
And just a uh, just a final thought, and that's on the two teams eliminated. Both Dallas and Carolina have been all around it here for the last three, four, five years. What uh, what is the future outlook look like now for the eliminated stars, and less recently the eliminated Hurricanes? It's a good question today. Are the stars on? Is there is their window opening or closing? Mm-hmm. And I would say opening like I realize that they've got the sort of anchor contracts with um Jamie Ben and Tyler Sagan and Ryan Suter my god did he look awful in this conference final 38 years old um I understand all that but I just look at Rupe Hints Jason Robertson Ty Delandria had some massive moments in these playoffs Wyatt Johnson, 20 years old, scored two series-clinching goals. Miro Haskinen on the back end. They've gone through this transition between cup final in the bubble and conference final game six, where they went from like the Tyler Sagan, Jamie Benn team to those guys now being accessories. Uh They're anchors on their salary cap, but it's only going to get better in terms of the more space that's created that it should theoretically be less of a factor over the next couple years that I, I think their window is really just, and Jake Ottinger, I didn't even mention him. Like I know they yeah. had his struggles in these playoffs, but that young core, like they've got every positional box checked and that draft, like my man, like Logan Stankoven still coming. You see him in the, in the mem cup. Like I just really like what they have. The Canes have a lot, they have a lot more questions to answer. Um, they've got Shea, Pesci, Aho. They're kind of like Calgary Flames East. They've had some success, um, obviously a lot more than the Flames. But now they've reached this crossroads where it's like, do we pay market value for these guys and keep them? Or do we sort of cut bait and trade them, you know, one year out from their contract expiring, or do we just play out the year and then at the end of it, just shake hands and go our separate ways. Like Mm -hmm. they tend to not pay market value. So I kind of think that's where they're leaning. Uh, Ajo is in a different category, I think, because a team that already doesn't have difference makers can't really afford to say, you know, no to him. But the flame or the flames and canes really have some tough, choices when it comes to their contracts yeah no doubt good stuff my friend appreciate it as always frank we'll uh do it again next week we'll be into the stanley cup final when we talk next week two games in looking forward to it and maybe we'll have a flames coach by then as well yeah maybe uh, honestly like i think it's it shouldn't be too too much longer i don't yep. think i don't think craig conroy is going to be sitting around well it's got about 17 other huge things to get done after a coach as well so I feel like he's been one of those guys walking around with like one of those uh like Mophie packs or phone chargers that's like constantly keeping yeah. the phone juiced up that he probably needs it. Yeah, probably a good point. He's got a big checklist to work through. Thanks, Frank. We'll talk next week. See you, Pat. Frank Saravalli, our daily face-off NHL insider. He joins us Tuesdays on Flames Talk, and he's brought to you, as always, by our friends at South Trail Chrysler. With inventory shortages across the city, it's the perfect time to sell your vehicle for cash. Visit SouthTrailChrysler.com. So that was a uh, busy, loaded 
hour of Flames Talk. Milan Lucic joined us, uh, got his take on the World Championship where he's a gold medalist with Team Canada and also looked ahead to his summer, his time in Calgary, and whether or not there could be a potential return to the Flames down the road. All that with Milan Lucic this hour and lots of stuff there to dig into with Daily Faceoffs Frank Saravalli. As we start to wrap up this hour, thanks to our producers Cameron Hughes and Taylor Dingman. My name is Pat Steinberg and this has been The Sports Drive, brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Make patio setup easier for your staff with a keyed alike system. Just one key to lock all your padlocks and doors. Visit calgarylockandsafe.com.